Okay, so uh, praise the Lord. Yeah, that prayer meeting tomorrow night's going to be crazy talk, dude. How many of y'all understand that when you pray, it works? <laughs> it's just that simple. But we really, let me just say this. We actually believe that by the time our amen hits, everyone say, that history already got changed. You know what I'm saying? Like, why bother pray if you don't think it's going to work? And so we believe that this, at the end of my amen, history has already been being changed. The campus is turning around for the gospel. Like, people are encountering God, et cetera. And so we want to encourage you that tom- tomorrow night is just another opportunity for you to not. Because let me say, you can pray in your prayer closet all day long, and that's awesome. But there's something powerful when you come together. Jesus said, when two or three gather in my name, I'm right there in the midst. I get it, he's in our prayer closet too, but some, he, why would he say that so explicitly that he's actually right there in our midst when we're together? I'm going to say together. So so anyway, that's tomorrow at 7. Uh, let me just say, how many of you guys got one of these called the Grace Experiment? Yay. So we, uh, uh, we let me just explain what this is. Uh, it, let, me, let, let me just back up a little bit. We had camp last weekend. Hey. And, and that was so fun, man. I, I'm telling you, encounter after encounter and the truth of God getting into our hearts, it was such a powerful time talking about the essentials of what it is to follow Christ. And, but at the end of the camp, we got, everyone got one of these things called the grace experiment. And let me just do a brief introduction to what this is, if you, if you know what, it is, what I'm talking about. Um, I would say about, well, let me start here. Psalm 96 verse 2, you can write this down and just go get it later. It says this, Psalm 96 verse 2. It says, sing to the Lord a new song. And then he says, proclaim the good news of his salvation day after day. This is what it says, Psalm 96 verse 2. Uh, proclaim the good news of his salvation day after day. Everyone say day after day. Okay, a little bit of spotty right there, but that's fine. Day after day. That means every single day, what should be coming out of our mouths is the good news of God's salvation in Christ. And so for me... I went through a season where uh, for a few years, and I, I'm kind of in it still, uh, just really going deep. What's the grace of God mean? What does the grace of God do? Like, what what is grace? And it's, and, and I did a huge study because I, I needed to know. I, I am like, I'm like a, an extra grace-required person. Like, I, I, I need grace. I, I need the mercy and the grace of God. I, You know what I'm saying? I, I don't know about you, but he said his mercies are new every morning. I can't wait till tomorrow morning to get some new mercy. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know if that's theologically correct. I just need grace. Like, I need his help to, to view myself the way I should view myself. I need his help to love people. I need his help. I need to know what Jesus accomplished for us at the cross. And so I spent some extra time really studying this, listening to a lot of teachings on grace, uh, read a couple books, and, and, uh, and, 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 I, and then I went back into reading Romans and reading Galatians and then reading Leviticus because I wanted to understand what did, and Hebrews, the book of Hebrews talks a lot about the finished work of the cross. And so I'm like, I want to understand this. So I spent a lot of time and uh, basically kind of came to the conclusion that I, I would love to do like a grace experiment. What if I spent 21 days declaring the truth of what God had did for me at the cross, the good news of his salvation, what if I spent 21 days of declaring that every single day for 21 days straight, and then even in the midst of that, at least seven of those days take communion to help me remember the finished work of the cross. And so uh, in my Bible, it's in paper form like this, but I try to make it nice for you guys on a bookmark so, you know, it looks a little bit better than you might not be able to read past Jacob's branch, but... Um, so I, we have some more here. Some of us are already on. How many of you are already on the grace experiment going on right now? So there's a, there's a bunch of us already trying this out. Th- this is the deal. I've been making this declaration over my life for quite some time, and, and it's just been really helping me to train my brain to think like Christ thinks because he said we have the mind of Christ. Are you guys still here? You guys got, is this where I was thinking at? And so um, anyway, so I'm going to uh, turn this because we're right here. If anyone wants more of these or you want one for the first time, just put your hand up and, and Taylor's going to put it in here. I know there was a bunch at camp that didn't get one. So I was like, or like didn't get extra ones because they wanted to give it to their friends. Um, and so that, what the grace experiment is, is 21 days of reading this and declaring it over your life and, and then taking communion at least seven times during that 21 days. And just, you know, you take the bread, you take the juice, and it represents what Jesus did at the cross. And then at the end of the 21 days, I would love to hear what, how you view yourself at the end of this thing. It's really for us to 
feed ourselves on the good news of, of God's salvation and to see how it changes us when we're intentionally going after it day after day. Are you with me on this? And, and just on that note, I was, reading, uh, I was reading the Bible the other day, and, uh, and you can write this verse down just because it's good. 1 Peter 2, verse 4. We're not even in the real message yet, but this is just this is the preamble, yeah. 1 Peter 2, verse 4 says, Come to him as a living stone. And then it says, and it's talking about Jesus. He said, Jesus was it rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. And I was reading this, uh, I think it was Monday or Tuesday after, after camp, and I took actually an extra day off, kind of, because, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I was a little bit tired. Yeah. Uh, and I, I remember just reading uh, Daily Devotional, reading through First Peter chapter 2, and I hit verse 4, and it said, Jesus was indeed rejected by men, but chosen by God. And I don't know if you, because I'm, 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 I'm thinking in light of grace experience, I'm thinking like Jesus lived with two realities, rejection and being chosen. And yet he still remained the most secure and confident person who ever walked the planet. Come on, man. We get rejected by somebody. We're like, ah, somebody. You know, like we post Facebook statuses about how they're messed up. You know what I mean? Like we're telling everybody why the other person is jacked up. And we get, we feel rejected and we just put everyone else on blast. But Jesus was rejected and chosen by God. In other words, he was conscious that people were rejecting him. But at the same time, he was more aware that he was chosen by God. Oh, man, I wish it hit your hearts better than that. I'm telling you, like, chosen, it means picked out, selected. He searched the whole earth and found you and said, I like you. I'm picking you to be on my team. And this is the reality that Jesus lived in. Rejected by men, chosen by God. That means you can reject me all day long, but I'm still chosen by God. And it, and it should not, and it, and it shouldn't affect the way I carry myself in life. You, you with me on this? Jesus was rejected by men, but chosen by God. That means you could be rejected by your father, rejected by your mother. David said in Psalm 27 that even though my mother and my father forsake me, the Lord will take me up, and he'll receive me. You could be rejected by your friends. You could be rejected by your professors. You could be rejected by, uh, you know, coaches on campus. You could be rejected by any person, even, even, the, even the teller at, you know, the bank, you know what I'm saying, whatever, like the grocery store clerk, you know what I'm saying, like, oh, I don't like your shirt today, you know, like whatever, whatever level that we don't accept the chosen by God is the level that the rejection of man will affect us. Oh, that was so good. Whatever level that the chosen of God part sinks into our heart will be the less that the rejection of man really affects us. And the more that we feed on the rejection of man, the more that it will hurt. But more that we feed on the chosen of God section, then we, the rejection of man doesn't have power over us anymore. Because I'm chosen by God. And you can't unchoose me because you didn't choose me in the first place. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey. And so I said all that by way of saying that the grace experiment will help to get that type of truth deep down in your heart. To know that you're accepted by God. You're forgiven of all your sins and you're clean before God and you're a beloved son or beloved daughter of God. It's just the truth. Someone say amen. All right, so we are continuing. Actually, this is like the conclusion of uh, the series, Introducing. Everyone say, Introducing. We've been in a series on identity called Introducing. We talked about God. God being the creator, God being good, God being love, God being the father. We talked about introducing Jesus. We talked about he's the savior, he's the healer, he's the deliverer, the liberator, the one who sets us free from oppression. We talked Last week we talked about you. Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking about you. Last week we talked about you and how you are loved, how you are worthy, and how you are forgiven. And so tonight we are talking about the person of the Holy Spirit. If some of you guys were at camp, you got a pre, uh, well, not a pre, it was just a good word. Uh, <laughs> Taylor preached about the person of the Holy Spirit, and we're going to continue that tonight. And um, but let me just have you turn to 2 Corinthians 13, 14. 2 Corinthians 13, 14. It's actually the last verse in the book of 2 Corinthians. And uh, I think in the Catholic Church, they call it the apostolic benediction, I think is what it's called. Uh, I mean, 
all saw like the, the focus here, like last week, obviously you, not here, he wasn't preaching here, you know, and we were at camp and he was preaching here, sorry guys, you know, like, we missed the Pope stopping by summit, no, <laughs> that would be cool, I mean, listen, we're not a Catholic church, but I, I, I highly respect the man, he, he's, he's a, he's a, he's a man of God and I think he's doing a great thing, um, okay, so anyway, in the Bible. <laughs> this is what it says. The grace of the Lord. Let's actually read this together, okay? Ready? One, two, three. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Does it say amen on that translation? It doesn't say amen. If you got the King James, it says amen. Or if you want to be super spiritual, amen. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? Michaela knows about this. We taught the youth group years ago that it's more spiritual to say amen than amen. And it's stuck. <laughs> That's not true, by the way. Just want to throw that out there. Okay. Um, we <laughs> Let's look at this verse in the Message Bible, okay? Let's look at the message. Can we throw that up there, Mr. Knox? The amazing grace of the Master, Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God, and the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. That's a good word. And it's so powerful. We talk about the grace of Christ, you know, what he did for us at the cross, that though he was rich for our sake, became poor so that we could be, through his poverty, we could become rich. This is the grace of God, or grace of Jesus, the, the love of the Father. We spent even last week in, in at camp talking about the Father's love for us. But I love this, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit or the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit. I love this verse because it tells us that Holy Spirit is a person that we can have relationship with. You can't have intimate friendship with an it, but you can have it with a person. And some people are like, oh, the Holy Spirit, it came in the room. They're like, we talk about, <laughs> like, we talk about Dominic, we were like, it was doing announcements earlier. We're like, that's, that's just some weird dude with hair and glasses. You know what I'm saying? If you're old enough to know who cousin it is. <laughs> anyway. Sometimes we talk about Holy Spirit like he's it. I mean, like, he's a person. He's a person. And he is the person of God. Like, the Father is God, the Son is God, and the Holy Spirit is God. And God is a triune being, and it's one God revealing himself in three persons. That's why it's the Holy Trinity. It's what's known as the Holy Trinity. He's a triune God. And so the Holy Spirit is just as much a God as Father is God. And, and the Holy Spirit is just as much God as Jesus is God. And Jesus is just as much God as Holy Spirit is. Are you with me on this? God is a triune being, and it's the Holy Trinity. It's three, it's three persons, but one God. And there's something about getting to know him as a person, like, like, knowing how, what, like knowing what Holy Spirit likes and what he doesn't like. You know what I'm saying? Having a relationship with a person. Like, I, I know what my, my wife likes, and I know what she doesn't like. She knows what I like. She knows what I don't like. You know, I, I even told you guys at camp, I don't, I'm not a big fan of sushi. I'm sorry to offend some people in the room tonight. But I like cooked food. You know what I'm saying? I like, I like it when it's cooked. You know what I mean? I, I don't even like steaks that are, like, bleeding. I don't like that either. It's weird. I believe, yeah, see, the finish work. Come on, man. You know, someone, someone, you know, someone asked, like, what, what kind of steaks is Jesus like? And you know what Jesus said? Well done, good and faithful servant. You know what I'm saying? Come on. So that's my, that's the good, see, come on, right here, Joel. You know what's up. You know what's up. Forget that halfway lukewarm done. You know what I'm saying? Remember, he said, lukewarm, I'll spit you out my mouth. So you know what I'm saying? Like, hey, just don't get food tips from me. Okay. Listen, they said never trust a skinny cook. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I almost disappear. I turn sideways. You know what I'm saying? Like, whoa. But I'm a good cook. You can ask Rochelle. Anyway, I, I want to say that. Let me just, let me just, let me brag for a second here. I'm going to be foolish enough to brag just for a second here. When Rochelle was like recovering from, you know, having our awesome son, that's actually my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. I just want to like, there it is. When she was recovering, guess what daddy was doing the whole time? Cooking and cleaning and doing everything in the house. I'm telling you everything. I realized how, how much of a champion she is because I'm like, she's just awesome. She does it like a lot more than me and it's just great. But, I, man, I was doing some serious go, gourmet, like, I'm telling you, like, I, would, I was, like, 
cutting up. I was I got garlic, actual garlic pieces, and then I like peeled the garlic. You know what I'm saying? I didn't get I didn't I didn't go to the store and buy the minced garlic that's already minced, you know what I'm saying? I got the garlic, I cut that thing up, I grilled it. I or you know, whatever. It wasn't it's not grilled, but whatever. Man. I, I made some gourmet food, man, I'm telling you. Anyway, really and rice, of course, because we're Hawaiian and Hawaiians eat rice with every meal. That's the way it is. It's, I'm, I'm telling you the truth. If you have any Islander friends, Hawaiian, Samoan, Fiji, Tongan, whatever, I don't care what, I don't care what island, what island you come from, you eat rice with everything. My dad, we like, oh, we're gonna go, we're gonna, you know, we, let's just order pizza tonight for dinner. We get the pizza home. He would not eat the pizza until the rice cooker was done. I'd be like, hey, son, try make me some rice. You know, that's how Hawaiians talk. Like, it's not like go do this. It's try. It's a, hey, go try give me the car keys. You know, hey, go try go try make some rice. And so we make the rice. You know, and the rice isn't pow yet. You know, pow means done. It's anyway. I don't know why I'm talking about all this stuff. You guys started talking to me about rice. Uh, <laughs> anyway, listen. When you have a relationship with a person, you. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. You wanna just. Cammy, I want Cammy to play keys while I'm talking because it feels better when music's happening. She she played for like three hours, four hours straight on Friday night the other night, and it was great. Um, but there's something about getting to know someone as a person and knowing what they like and knowing what they don't like. And and Angie can, you know, yeah, you're good. Um, and, and, man, I'm telling you, when you have a relationship with somebody, you know what hurts their heart and you know what makes them happy. And I, I, I know certain things that will bug Rochelle and actually grieve her, if you want to use a, a Bible word. But then I also know things that make her happy. Like when, when I come home, you know, I'm cleaning the house and I vacuum up all the dog hair. You know what I'm saying? Like she gets stoked. She gets happy about this. You, you with me on this? And this is how you can have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. You can begin to know what he likes and what he doesn't like. I can remember times where we would be hanging out. At, like this is years ago when we were uh, a younger college group. Not younger, but I mean, I'm talking about when the college group was like uh, like 10 years ago college group. And we were, were hanging out a lot and all this stuff. And, and, and that means I was younger. <laughs> and we would be hanging out and stuff. And then I would get back in my truck and then I would, you know, be driving home. And, and I would just start evaluating, like, how did you, you know, like, I started thinking, like, and I could feel the Holy Spirit kind of letting me know, like, hey, some of the things that he said, you probably shouldn't have said. <laughs> or some of the things that you did, you probably, and he would start talking to me about how I was managing myself. You guys with me? Because, because I was learning to have a relationship with the person of the Holy Spirit. And learning how to recognize his presence when he shows up. I mean, understand it. God is omnipresent. That means He's everywhere at all times, every every time. But there's something special about when He, you know, manifests His presence, reveals His presence. And there's something special about when He shows up in such a way that we go like, "Whoa!" Did you feel that peace that just came? Or like, "Wow!" Did you did you did you feel that? Like the Lord actually? There, you need to start praying. There, there's a spirit of intercession that's coming in. The Holy Spirit wants you to pray right now. Or or, or man, th- this is the love of God. Holy Spirit pours out the love of God in our hearts. This is the Holy Spirit. He's talking about the love of God right now. And recognizing him. Like when Adam and Eve walked in the garden, they knew what God sounded like. They knew what it felt like when he was walking through the garden. That's a relationship with, with the presence of God. And, 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 man, not even just doing this just so you can get, like, better at ministry, but just enjoying enjoying his presence. You with me? Because like, oh, I need more Holy Spirit so I can pray for more people to get healed or I can prophesy better or I can, you know, have more results in my life, etc. or just do stuff for God. And there was a revelation that happened, you know, in our personal lives where God was speaking to me and, and speaking to my wife. But he, and Taylor kind of touched on this, but we, we were just hearing God tell us stuff about other people. And we realized that he was just telling us because we're his friends. Like he wasn't telling us because he wanted us to give them a word. Are you with me on this? Like it wasn't like, hey, Andrew, this is what's going on in this person's life. So now you have a reason to prophesy so you can feel better about yourself because you did something for me. It was like, actually, I just want to tell you some stuff because we're friends. And he began to reveal secrets. And it was cool, man. We would know things. And, and it was awesome. when we would, uh, Then people would say it out loud with their words. be like, oh. 
And it was so cool. In other words, you, you know that you're going to another level in your relationship with God when he, when he speaks to you and you don't feel like everything he speaks to you is an assignment. It's just a friendship. That's how you know you're at another level with your relationship with God. It's, you know, God talking to you is not just an assignment. It's a friend. It's, hey, hey, you should probably do this or let's, let's get on this street or, you know, whatever it is. Sometimes when, we're, when we get lost places, uh, instead of getting our Google Maps app out, we ask the Holy Spirit, should we go right, left, or straight? <laughs> I'm telling you, we, we like... We would, like, go to family events that we, like, purposely would, we, like, don't know how to get there. And we would purposely know, like, the general direction. We'd get off the freeway and then just ask the Holy Spirit where to go. <laughs> just practicing. This is how you develop a relationship with God. You, you guys with me on this? And so, man, he, he's the one who shows up when we worship. He's the one who gives us peace. He's the one who gives rest. He gives boldness. He pours out the love of God. He shows up in our car. He shows up in your classroom. He shows up at your dinner table. Like, he's just there. He's the one who makes the love of God real to our hearts. He's the one who makes the scripture come alive to us. He's the one who's with us. He's the healer, the comforter, the teacher, the helper, the defender. He's the one who wants to be your friend. He's the one who's living with us here on the earth. It's the Holy Ghost. And so, um, Jesus, Jesus had some cool things. And we're going to kind of look just at the Gospel of John for, the, for just a, a moment here. And, and I'm going to read a little bit out the Amplified Bible just because it's cool. In John 14, verse 16, Jesus is speaking and he says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another comforter, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and standby, that he may remain with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, welcome, take to its heart, because it does not see him or know and recognize him, but you know and recognize him, for he lives with you constantly and will be in you. Verse 18, I just threw this in because it's good. I will not leave you as orphans. Comfortless, desolate, bereaved, forlorn, helpless, I will come back to you. And then you jump down to verse 26. He says, the comforter, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, standby, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, in my place, to represent me and act on my behalf, he will teach you all things. And he will cause you to recall, will, will remind you of, bring to your remembrance everything I have told you. And then uh, in the next chapter, 1526, here we go again. But the Comforter, Counselor, Helper, Advocate, Intercessor, Strengthener, and Standby comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of Truth who comes, Proceeds from the Father, He Himself will testify regarding me. So He'll tell you about Jesus. Holy Spirit's just a big fan of Jesus. And then when you go back down and you follow through the chapter 14, 15, and 16, there's just a lot of really good stuff. In chapter 16, verse 7, I'm going to the NIV because the Amplified is just fire, but um, it says, But I tell you the truth, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. I love this. Like Taylor brought this up on Saturday, that in the mind of God, it was actually better for us that instead of having Jesus in the flesh, <laughs> that it would have the Holy Spirit would be inside of us. Like in the mind of God, it's better that the Holy Spirit is here rather than Jesus being in the flesh. Is that crazy or what? Like I'm in my mind, I'm thinking like, no, I'm good. I'd rather have Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Like, because I could see him, I could touch him, I could ask him questions, and he's like a human being I can look at, you know? But in the mind of God, he's saying, like, no, no, it's actually better if I leave you and Holy Spirit comes. Because guess what? That means Jesus can be everywhere all the time. Can, he, Jesus was one man who could only be in one place at one time. But when Holy Spirit comes, that means he can be wherever you go all the time because he lives inside of you. In verse 8, he says, when he comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment in regard to sin because men do not believe in me. So notice that it's not like the sin of, you know, greed or envy or lust or pride. It's, it's the sin of not believing in Jesus. When people get convicted of that sin, then they get to deal with all the other stuff, and, and that's just sanctification. Verse 10, in regard to righteousness because I'm going to the Father where you can see me no longer. Jesus was their righteousness. 
and in regard to judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. He's talking about the devil who's about to get judged at the cross. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear, but when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. That's good. He will tell you what is yet to come. That means Holy. That means everyone's prophetic. If you have Holy Spirit, you are prophetic. You can actually know what is yet to come. You're like, oh, well, that's only for the people who have the gift. Well, according to Jesus, if you have Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit will tell you what is yet to come. Verse 14, he will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. All that, the, all that belongs to the Father is mine. This, that is why I said, the Spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. And I say, boom. That's just good words right there. This is the person of the Holy Spirit. Man, I'm telling you, there's like, this is like a lot of stuff, but we're going to focus in on some, just, just a few characteristics of the nature. The first one is helper. Helper. Holy Spirit is our helper. In Greek, it is this word, parakletos. Everyone say that with me. It comes from two Greek words, para, which is where we get parallel, which means someone who, it's, it's come along side by side. He's right there with you, right? And kletos comes from the Greek word kaleo, which means to call and to call out. That's, that's when Paul says, I've been called by God to be an apostle, called. And so literally, when you put the word together and put it into this, this name, parakletos, is someone who's called to come alongside you and be your helper. Are you with me on this? It, it's actually the fulfillment. Like, if you look in the Old Testament, uh, in Genesis, we read this. He said to Adam, he said, I will make a helper suitable for you. Sometimes we don't realize that the, the, almost like the feminine side of God is the Holy Spirit. Because Eve was called Adam's helper. We come to the New Testament, Holy Spirit is called our helper. He's the one who comes alongside us. He's called to our side to help us. Jesus said the Holy Spirit is our helper. Everyone say helper. And so when we read the Amplified Bible, it translates it comforter. Counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, standby. That's all coming from that word, the one who's called alongside to help us. It's like, it's like having Jesus standing with you everywhere you go. That's what it's like. When he says, I will send you another, the word another is this Greek word alos. And it literally just means like a, another one of the same kind who's coming with you. So in other words, it's saying like, it's, it's a different person, but it's me. That just, <laughs> I know that's crazy. He's saying it's a different person, but it's me who's going to come alongside and help you. So it'll be just like that you were walking with me, on the, just like you were when you were walking throughout the earth, when you were walking with me for the last three and a half years. It'll be just like that, except I'm going to be living inside of you. The person of Jesus will be living inside of you. And that, this, this is what he's saying. And so it's like Jesus is our own personal Jesus 24-7 with us. I remember, you know, I, like, w my sister and I, when we go to family functions, uh, and this is even, this is before Rashawn and I were married, but there's times that we go to family functions. I don't know if you guys deal with this the way that we, we deal with this. But sometimes it's like, hey, you know, my sister's name is Vanda. I'd be like, Vanda, you going to that birthday? She's like, I don't know about you. Like, I don't know. If you're not going, I am not going to this thing. How many guys know what I'm talking about? You're like, if you ain't going, I'm not going. Who am I going to talk to? You know what I'm saying? Like, who am I going to hang out with at this thing? You know, like, and, and, I, and I just feel like, like, you know, there's just so many instances like that. We're, we're like, we'd be texting each other back and forth like, hey, are you going to so-and-so's birthday party? We're like, well, listen, you know, like, okay, what time are you going to get there? Because I'm going to get there when you get there because I don't want to be sitting in the corner. You know what I mean? Like, and this is what we would do. And I just feel like sometimes it's like that, you know, it's like, Holy Spirit, if you don't show up, I don't want to be there. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're not in this thing, I'm not, I'm not going to gonna do this. Like, you are my helper. If I don't have a helper, then I don't have any help. I, I can't do this thing. I need help, you know. And I, and I, and I remember going, I got, I got to lead worship at Vista High uh, just years ago. And, and we were, it was, it was with your sister, Kayla. And she, there was this, there was like a Christian club, and she said, hey, can you come and lead worship and speak for our, our Christian club? So I was like, okay, let's go. And I was a little stressed out, because I don't think I'd ever gone to a youth group. I had just taken over the youth group, like high school, junior high youth group. 
And I had never gone. So I was like, all right, I'm a little stressed out. And then Ben was going to come, and, and I'm like, Ben, you need to come and take a break and, and do something too. So that way it works, you know. Like, And so, but <laughs> something's going to be cool, you know. <laughs> like, if they don't like my singing, then at least they'll like your flip. You know what I mean? Like, I, this is how I was, like, freaking out because I didn't know what was going to happen, man. And I remember... I'm like, all right, we're just going to start with worship. I grab my guitar, and we start singing. And I'm, I'm, I'm like, not even kidding. The second words started coming out of my mouth, the anointing and the presence of the Holy Spirit came, boom, right on me. And I was like, I turned into a different person. I was this scared, insecure, like, I hope God does something. And then I just, I'm like, all right, let me just, and I just started singing. And all of a sudden, the power of the Holy Spirit came, and I was like, righteous are as bold as lions. Yeah, you know, like, ah. Uh, you need to get saved, you know, like, I just started turning into a wild man for Jesus, like, and then Ben showed up, did his breakdance thing, but I was like, I was, I didn't need to breakdance anymore, you know what I'm saying, like, I was ready to go, because I had the helper, (laughs) I realized the helper was with me, and then, you know, we got to minister and share the gospel and all this stuff, it was great, man, we ministered, and, and, and God moved in people's lives, the Holy Spirit is our helper, and the Holy Spirit's there to help us, help us follow Jesus in his ways, help us to live right, help us to make wise choices, help us to walk in confidence, help us to remember what we've been taught, help us to do supernatural things. The Holy Spirit is our helper. Someone say, help. Yep. One aspect of the Paracletos is the comforter, and we already were talking about this tonight, but I believe that when we're in comfortable times, we need the comforter. And he relays the peace of God to us. And you can memorize this verse, write it down, you know, whatever it is, Romans 5, 5. It says this, that hope does not disappoint us because, the, because the, the love of God, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. Do you see that? Hope does not disappoint us. Why, why can't hope disappoint us? Because we have love of God in our hearts. Who gave us the love of God? Holy Spirit. And I believe one way that Holy Spirit comforts us is when we allow Holy Spirit to pour out the love of God into our hearts. I don't know if you ever heard people talk about love, like liquid love being poured out. Well, it says poured right there. You're like, well, I don't know where that came from. Well, it says he poured out love of God. Now, this is like a key verse that's in my life. It, hope does not put us to shame. Hope does not disappoint us because comforter is coming to relate to us that we're loved. I love it when, when the comforter does that. And this is the love that casts out fear, brings confidence, and reminds us who we are. Jesus went on to say in the verses that we were reading earlier that the Holy Spirit convicts us. And this is such a good thing as a helper. He convicts us of sin. He lets us know when we're doing something that isn't pleasing to Him. It's like honoring in a relationship. It like, you know, we were talking about this earlier, but you know, you start to know what makes a person happy and sad, and you try not to do the things that make them sad, not because of duty, but because you want to preserve the relationship. It's like, I, it's not because, oh, I, I, I have to, you know, whatever, do stuff so that way you show like to me. It's like, no way. It's like, we have a relationship, and I can feel when the, when the connection gets cut. I, I can feel that because we're connected. And this is how we should feel with the Holy Spirit. He convicts us of sin because he's saying, whoa, 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 our connection's getting cut right here. And I do not want to be disconnected from you. And so when we sin, whether, I mean, we can go through a list of sins. You, you, you get it. You know what it is. Lying, you know, cheating, stealing, greed, you know, whatever, you know, sexual morality, lust, and all this stuff. It's not like, oh, I can't do this because it's bad. It's like, no, I can't do this because it cuts off my best friend. I can't do that. Unforgiveness, bitterness. Well, forget about what the person did. If I keep this, it cuts off my relationship with you. And I can't, whatever, I forgive you, you know. Like, cool, peace out because I need the helper. (laughs) I need to let go of this. And you with me on this? Like, this is what helper does. He convicts us of when we're off the path, and he keeps us on track. And that's a good thing. I'm like, thank you for helping me, because I wouldn't have seen that unless you said something. And it's and it's helpful, because it's, he tells us what's pleasing to God and what's not. And the, the difference between conviction and condemnation is so important. I love what Chris Bellison says. He said, condemnation tries to convince us that our bad action is the fruit of being a bad person. On the other hand, conviction says you are way too awesome to act like that. 
Conviction reminds us of our God-given identity and calls us to act like a son or daughter of God and not a sinner. Conviction calls us up, but condemnation pushes us down. That's how you know that. How you, like, I, I hear voices. Okay, we all hear voices. You know what I'm saying? Like, how do I know which one is God? The one that's calling you higher. The one that's not beating you while you're down. You with me on this? The Holy Spirit testifies to us that we're the sons of God or the daughters of God. And so he's not going to be like, hey, you, you know, fill in the blanks with some mean names. <laughs> you messed up, you know, whatever. He'd be like, son, daughter, why are you doing that? You know, this is, this is maybe not the best way, but when we were kids, when I would start acting like a brat, my, <laughs> my dad would be like, why are you acting like a brat? You are not a brat. Stop acting like one. You know, like, in other words, this is not who you are. Why are you acting like this? And, and, and I don't know. I don't know if that's empowering or not, but it helps me to realize that I'm not a brat. Whatever. But I also believe he convicts us of righteousness. Like, I, I believe that the Holy Spirit helps us to see the righteousness that we have in Christ. Righteousness always equals right standing with God. And Holy Spirit actually helps us to see this. And it's so helpful, man, because it's the conviction of God to tell us what not to do. But then he tells us who we are, and we are righteous. We have right standing with God before, before, be, uh, with, before, Christ, before God in Christ. There's the word. We are right before God because of what Jesus did at the cross. We are clothed in his righteousness. And Holy Spirit's the one who actually relays that to us. It's on your grace empowerment thing. But I didn't, I didn't, it's not going to come up, but Hebrews 10 actually tells us that the Holy Spirit testifies to us that our sins are forgiven and he remembers them no more. You're like, I thought the Holy Spirit was just there to tell me what I'm doing wrong. I mean, like, actually, he'll also tell you that your sins are remembered no more. That's really exciting to me. That was like, blow, that blew me up because I was thinking like, man, Holy Spirit is just telling me everything, you know, because all you ever hear is like, Holy Spirit convicts you of sin. I, I didn't hear a whole lot of teaching on Holy Spirit actually tells me who I am. And he tells me what Jesus, he, in other words, he relays the finished work of the cross to me and he lets me know, hey, you're forgiven. And actually, I don't even remember what you did because it was nailed to the cross 2,000 years ago. This is what Holy Spirit does. How many all know it's good to have a helper, help, helper? It's helpful to have a helper. Number two, he's a teacher. Holy Spirit is a teacher. And Jesus said that he's a spirit of truth and he will guide us into all truth. He also said that the Holy Spirit would remind us of the things that Jesus said to us. Let me, let me show you this verse, 1 John 3, 27. He said, as for you, the anointing you receive from him remains in you and you do not need anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things and as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in him. That's kind of a wild verse. The anointing teaches you, and you don't even need someone to teach you. Now, obviously, in the context of the whole Bible, you need a teacher. But in this time, he's saying, listen, you actually have the ability to hear the teacher teach you the truths of God. The anointing lives inside of you. We have an anointing. He's the spirit of truth. He'll teach you truth. He'll let you know what is true and what is not. And when you have doubts, he wrote a book about it, and he can help you. You know the one that's in your hand? Anyway. When you, when you read the Bible, just ask him, Holy Spirit, teach me what I need to know. Every time I read the Bible, literally, literally every single time I read the Bible before I start reading, I say, Holy Spirit, thank you for your word, and thank you that you're a teacher as I read it. Because I know that I can't understand this unless Holy Spirit helps me. He's the teacher. Second Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. When it says breathed, it, it, that's God-breathed. It literally, it's, it's the word inspired. So some, some translations say inspiration, inspired. Inspire, you know, like respiration, breathing, inspire, to breathe in. And so literally, when the authors were writing the Bible, the Holy Spirit breathed inside of them. It's like, it's like a saxophone. The, 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 let's just use that as an example. Like the, the people, let's say the Apostle Paul was like the saxophone. The Holy Spirit grabbed a hold of him, breathed in him, and played notes out of him, and you got the Bible as a result. He breathed. 
breathed into him. It's God breathed, inspired means to breathe inside of something. And you, you with me on this? And so the word is inspired. The Holy Spirit breathed into the authors. Like, well, I, how do I know? Because it was written by man, and man is, in, you know, is messed up. Maybe we'll make mistakes. But yeah, there is mistakes. Like, actually, to be honest, like, there's mistakes in some of the translations, and there's things like that. Doesn't mean the word's not true. I know that might sound crazy to say, but there's there's some translation faults and errors. That's why you have like 30 million translations of the Bible out there. <laughs> you with me? But the, in its original form, Holy Spirit breathed inside of them, and they wrote the infallible Word of God for you. And going even further, the Greek word. Am I, am I doing too much spirit stuff tonight? Are you guys okay? The Greek word for spirit is pneuma. Everyone say pneuma. And in Hebrew, it's ruach. Literally, both of those words mean breath. It literally means breath. This is the breath of God. So we're talking about the wind, the Holy Spirit as wind. It's the breath of God. Adam was just a lifeless human being until the ruach, the breath of God, the spirit of God came inside of him, and he came alive. After Jesus resurrected, he, it said he breathed on his disciples and said, receive the Holy Spirit. The breath of God, the Holy Spirit is the breath of God. And actually, if you go even deeper in the root word of, the, of ruach, it means fragrance. It means something that smells good. I, I remember we were in South Africa a few years ago, and um, there was a guy there, we were eating dinner, and he was telling us about when he was praying, he smelled the fragrance of intercession. He, and I'm like, what are you talking about, dude? But as he was, he said, oh, the Lord just put on my heart to start interceding. And as I was praying, I started smelling like perfume. And the Lord told me, it was like this fragrance of intercession. You see, it's the praise of the saints are like incense that rise up to God. But even more so, the Holy Spirit, it's actually the word for spirit is ruach, and it literally means breath, but it means fragrance. In other words, the Holy Spirit actually has a smell to him. If you want to go deep into this stuff. I mean, we actually, we were, last year on my birthday, do you guys remember this? Last year on my birthday, we had a baptism of the Holy Spirit service, which was wild. <laughs> and right around, we're going to hear over there. It was over here. We started smelling like fragrances and stuff. The Holy Spirit showed up. It was wild. It's awesome, man. And, and I, I just believe that. You know, sometimes we wonder where this stuff is in the scripture, but if we would take time to study the word, we'd find out it's in there. It's just hidden. God hides things on purpose. The glory of God to conceal them out of this. The glory of kings is so put out. And so, anyway, the Holy Spirit is the teacher, and he will teach you things. He, he is our teacher. While we're talking about teacher, he actually guides us. And I'm just going to, like, literally power through this. There's, like, a bunch of scriptures in Acts. But in Acts 11, it says... The Spirit told me to go with them. Acts eleven twenty eight. One of them showed by the Spirit that it was going to be a great famine. Acts thirteen four. Being sent out by the Holy Spirit. Acts fifteen twenty eight. It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. Acts sixteen. They were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. Acts sixteen seven. They tried to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. Acts eighteen five. Paul was compelled by the Spirit and testified. I mean, you read through the book of Acts. It is. The Holy Spirit is leading and guiding them. They're like, we were going, we wanted to preach in there, but the Holy Spirit told us not to. So now we're going to go over here. <laughs> like, or, you know, the Holy Spirit sent out Paul and Barnabas to go to this place, or the Holy Spirit told me to go here. Uh, you know, one time when uh, there was this, this uh, Ethiopian eunuch, which a eunuch is just a rough life, but they're castrated and they can't, anyway, it's just a rough thing. And he was in his chariot, and he was chilling by this road. Stay, stay with me here. They were chilling by this road, and he was reading the scroll of prophet Isaiah. Philip is just walking down the road doing his deal. And it actually says this, the spirit told Philip to go up there. And he walks up to the, the thing, and he finds out, oh, dude, he's reading Isaiah. And he's not only just reading Isaiah, he's reading Isaiah 53, which is all about Jesus, the Messiah. And he said, like, you know, and, they, and, and then so as he's listening, he's like, talk to him. So he ends up talking to him, this whole thing. And 
And, you know, the long story short is the guy, the guy gets saved. They see some water, but you should get baptized. Shaboom, baptizes him. Philip disappears and ends up in another city, like gets translated to another city. Like, I don't even know what happened to the Ethiopian dude. Like, can you imagine that? You get baptized by someone, you come about the water, be like, oh, that was awesome. What? Where'd you go? You know, like, wild story. But the whole point was there was the Holy Spirit that told him to walk up there. It was the Holy Spirit that told him to go over here. I, I was walking out of my house one day, and I felt like the, and when we were in the apartments in, uh, in Vista, the Holy Spirit, I felt like he just said, there's this baby over there who, who's in pain. Go pray for them. I just walked out my door, walked to my neighbor, and be like, hey, is there, like, a baby who's in pain? I feel like the Lord told me to go. He's like, yeah, actually, there is. And, and we got to pray for the baby. The baby was, like, crying a lot and stuff. And there just happened to be that in their household there was a young kid who had bone cancer. And they're like, can you pray for her, too? I'm like, yes, yes. Let's pray for her. And they're like, actually, can you also pray for our house? Because there's probably some weird stuff going on, like some demonic activity going on in my house. So I'm like, I'll pray for that too, you know. Like, there must have been a wall of fire between your apartment and mine because we're doing good, but I'll pray for you. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I didn't tell him that. I didn't tell him that. Come on, it gives a, yeah, it gives a new meaning to the firewall. You know what I'm saying? Like, you thought it was just for the internet. But, man, I... we should live life he guides us like you know you know what i'm saying like okay i need to find a job well ask the holy spirit like i need to minister to my family well ask the holy spirit you know what i mean like walk through life with an open ear to the holy spirit and walk by sometimes because i've learned to recognize the presence of god i'm just walking through life sometimes and all of a sudden somebody just jumps out of me and i'm like okay holy spirit's on them you know (laughs) like I mean, just the other day, you, we were having, like, the Holy Spirit was breaking out, and someone was trying to pray for someone else, and I'm sitting there, I'm like, dude, the anointing, and I just, there's this special, and the power of God just comes, it's awesome. We were in the Philippines, and this, this was the first time I really experienced this in another way. We were in the Philippines, in Hiram's church, and sometimes they have prayer lines, and prayer lines are actually harder to do sometimes, because it's like, like Jesus said, I only do what my father's, I've seen my father doing. Sometimes it's easier to just look out and go, who do you see Holy Spirit on? And then go to that. Because every time you do that, it just works every single time. The power of God comes. And I was, and I, we were doing this. And we were doing the prayer line. I'm like, Spirit, some stuff is happening or whatever. And once my line kind of started dying down, and I, I don't even know if the line finished or not. I don't remember. But I just started seeing other people, and the Holy Spirit was on them. And I would just touch them, and the power of God would hit them. And then before long, I would feel something over here, and I'd look over here and be like, dude, boom. And, they, and you... I mean, like, I could just wave my hand and people were getting hit with the power of God. It was that strong in the place. You know, remember that? Charlie was there. She remembers. I turned into a wild man that night. I, I don't know what happened. I, I was, why, why am I saying all this? Because when we follow the Holy Spirit, He always shows up. Like, when you are doing what He is doing, it wins every time. And in other words, we don't have to try and make something happen. When the Holy Spirit highlights something or somebody, it's going to work because he didn't do it just to, like, make you, like, hey, that's happening, but you ain't going to get to do it. You know, it's like he's going to tell you something, and you get to, to minister, it, and, it, and it, it happens. We were, Rochelle and I were on vacation last year in, in Hawaii, and we were just in our hotel eating breakfast, and somehow she was sitting with a Chinese lady, and, and I don't know, and she was cool. She was a Chinese lady, but she moved to Vancouver in Canada, and so she was living in, uh, in Canada, and so we were just sitting there, and I'm sitting there, and I asked see, I see Jesus standing behind me pointing to her like this, like she had pain in her shoulders and her back and her arm, and I'm like, do you happen to have like pain in your <laughs> shoulder, and like, she's like, yeah, actually, and she tells a story about when she's praying for cancer, or whatever it was, I'm like, well, let's pray, and then the power of God came, and the, the Holy Spirit was just like on fire with people to shake hands, like all warm and stuff, she prayed got healed, it was awesome, and she, and she actually, Story. She was Buddhist or something, but she she was like she was, lives in a neighborhood in Vancouver with all Christians. And I'm like, oh, this is just good, <laughs> you know, like because you know I don't have to worry about following up with you now. You know what I'm saying? Like you got homies in your neighborhood. And then I was this is for real. I was at the same place. I was just reaching my hand out to get um to you know like the continental breakfast, right? Like so you just get the tweezers and stuff and stuff. And I reached my hand out and I got this pain in my hand. The tweezers. <laughs> That's not the right word, huh? You know the things for your eyebrow? Just using those for the... And I felt this sharp pain in my hand. I'm like, huh. 
And I felt like the Lord highlighted one of the ladies he was working with. And she was from the Micronesian Islands. Uh, there's actually a lot of Micronesians who are in Hawaii. And, and so anyway, they come there for work and stuff. But I was, and then I talked to her after breakfast is over. And I'm like, dude, you have permanent pain right there? She goes, yeah, we feel so. The pain just disappeared out of the body. It was awesome. God healed her. But it's just living life with an awareness of your best friend. You with me? Like, and this is what it means when he guides us. It doesn't always have to be ministry-oriented, but he can lead you in business deals. He can, he can lead you in education. He can lead you in whatever it is. But just whatever you do, just follow the Holy Spirit. He'll lead you and guide you into all truth. Last thing is this, and, and you all are well familiarized with it, but just for the sake of tonight, he is the empowerer. And, and Jesus told his disciples they needed the power of the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to just read out of Acts 1, and then I'll translate the rest. It says, Acts 1, 4, And being assembled together with him, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait. I love this. He calls them the promise of the Father. Which he said, You have not, or you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So, it says in verse 8, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes saying like Peter, James, John, Bartholomew, Ma- Matthew, you know, all these guys, I would say they're the most qualified people because they literally spent three and a half years with Jesus. But Jesus said, no guys, do not leave until you get baptism of the Holy Spirit. Don't think you can go preach this thing without power. Don't, don't think that you can go do my works without the power. Don't think that you can confront demonic forces without the greater power of the Holy Spirit. Don't think that you can confront sickness without the Holy Ghost. Don't, don't think that you can win someone by an argument. You know, you know what I'm saying? You win people by revealing the person of Christ and all his power and all his love. And you need Holy Spirit to help you with that. I didn't stand there in just a high going like, I'm going to do this. I'm like, Lord, <laughs> if the anointing doesn't come, I have nothing to offer these people. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, we went there a couple of years later with Tammy and Joel. And, uh, right? Was that? And we went in there. And that was the first time I had a feel-me word of knowledge. I felt like this warmth in my back. So we talked about healing and the power of God. And we're like, I was like, who has pain? And they're like, Miss Sharon. And they're like, so, like, they pray for her now. She either gets her pain, she comes to the front, we pray for her. The power of God heals her. And she's just, I don't know, she was freaked out. She was, I was like, are you freaked out to this guy? Kind of. <laughs> like, his body loves you. <laughs> And then I, I'm just saying, you, you can't think that you're going to follow Christ without the Holy Spirit. Who's going to help you? Who's going to help you say no to sin? Who, who's going to help you convince you of who you are? Well, you have people around you, but unless Holy Spirit's on it, it's just the arm of the flesh. You can't do anything with it. That's how ordinary people can do extraordinary things. And so we need the, the power of the Holy Spirit. And so...
testify that I'm made clean and will never be apart. You meet me in a secret place and relieve my weary soul. Healing joy and hope you bring and truth you teach to all. I say that I Holy 
let's, let's take a moment and just adore the person of God and the Holy Spirit. Adore Him with your love. Adore Him with your word. Adore Him with your praise. Thank you for your comfort, God. Thank you for teaching me.
Spirit. Thank you that we live here. May you comfort me. Help my heart to be more aware of your presence. Take us home, Lord. The Holy Spirit. thank you for your comforting presence here tonight. And we just thank you that you said that comforter would be with us forever. Thank you you're not going with anybody. Even if we sin tomorrow, today, whatever, you're not going anywhere. You're going to convict us and then you're going to convince us of our righteousness. Thanks for that, Lord. Just say that with me. Say, Holy Spirit, thanks that you're not going anywhere. Ha, <laughs> ha. Jesus' name. If you agree, say amen.